0: Hi, my beautiful people. I have another episode on Spill With Me, Jenny D, and it's Jeff Hancher. Okay, wait. I know you got to know this guy because, first of all, he is on social media. I've seen a lot of different uh, videos and just his motivation, and I'm like, who is this guy? Because he really, I wake up in the morning, and when I look at my social media, I see him, and just the way he talks to you, it's like he wants to help everybody so Jeff introduce yourself
1: well it's so good to be on the show I've been watching (laughs) your journey as well and uh, it's so exciting to see you know new people coming into podcasting we all have a story we Uh, we all have a message I think uh, as a community of podcasters, we can help people, right. And uh, it's amazing to get different guests and different perspectives. So I love watching your journey and Thank you. obviously, I've been in the podcast game since early March of 2019. Oh, 2019. Oh, and okay. who knew? Like uh, right I launched a podcast. People wanted uh, people liked what I was saying. And
0: what, what is your podcast called? Jeff? The
1: podcast is called the Champion Forum Podcast. The uh, Champion we specialize Forum. really with uh, leaders and entrepreneurs, okay. helping uh, businesses scale, helping leaders you know have sh- deeper leadership acumen. and uh, that w- that really was the very thing that catapulted me into leaving a corporate career and starting major right. enterprises was the podcast.
0: Okay well let's let's go back a little bit sure So um, off air we did talk about you know your history, but I want the listeners to know a little bit about you because where sure. you came from and what you're doing now is just so inspiring. So tell us, I mean, when you were young, did you always want to be this something different or what? what You know, I I get that
1: question a lot. Like, hey, did you see signs as a a young man that there was something there? And the the short answer is no. Like uh, my childhood was filled of survival, you know, just trying to get through it. Uh, I grew up in very gross poverty. Oh, my God. Had two parents that were really, really sick. I had a mom that battled a disease called lupus. Uh, and my dad had chronic osteoarthritis so neither one of them ever worked a day in my life
0: Oh my gosh, how old were you when they were diagnosed with this? Well my mom was
1: diagnosed when she was 12 years old and uh, my dad was uh. medically disabled at 18 so he had a factory job that he worked for maybe, maybe a year uh, my mom got married uh, and pregnant when she was 16 with my older brother yeah. and they were already sick um, so this kind of was a snowball effect. And so my whole life, all I knew was, you know, sick parents, especially my mom, very, very sick. So we were a product of the system. Right. You know, my parents were great people, uh, but we're in a really, really tough spot. So we relied on government assistance and, you know, cutting corners everywhere you could cut. So literally, as two young boys, me and my brother, we literally started working, you know, from the time we could cut grass or do yard work. Fourteen. Oh no, way younger. Oh really? Way younger. Yeah, oh, wow. we were before we were even ten. We were working gardens and wow. mowing grass. You name it, we survival would go, like survival you said. literally. No,
0: did you live in the Pittsburgh area or Washington you? County? Oh, Washington yeah. County. Yeah, I grew okay. up in a
1: small town called Claysville, Pennsylvania. Claysville, yes. Yeah, you blink, you miss it, right? <laughs> so, but great place to grow up and a, a, a community of people that really supported us. Thank God for first responders. Yes. Um, they they were on uh, speed dial with our house. And so it was really tough. So it was literally survival mode. I didn't really have time to think about, like, what was my career going to be like? Uh, I didn't have a whole you were lot like of direction. One day at a time, right? Literally one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, there were many, many times growing up that both of my parents were in the hospital together at the same time. Oh and my God. I'm so sorry. We would sorry. be home alone. And you're just thinking about getting through, trying to you right. know get through school. Um, you know, not thinking about am I going to go to college? A- am I going to be a doctor someday? Like right. farthest thing from my mind. Am I going
0: to graduate? And
1: yeah, am I going to am I going to live through this? I mean, I was getting into trouble. You can imagine two teenage boys with very little direction. Right. Uh, I made a lot of bad decisions. Uh, was living the wildlife, if you will. Yes. And, uh, you no, know, that pressure started caving in.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you were on your own a little bit, and you had that freedom. And it was a different oh. time back then. Oh, my gosh. Back in our day.
1: <laughs> I always say, thank God we didn't have cell phones I know. back when I was a teenager. I'd have been incarcerated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Seriously, the time has changed. Yeah. But now, growing up, so what did you do to really get yourself out of that? I mean, how did you...
1: Well, I was getting into trouble with the law. Nothing crazy, but, you know, brushes with the law, if you will. And probably wasn't around the right group of people. And I felt this pressure really coming on me. And I knew college was never going to happen. You know, I couldn't afford it. Even with all the funding that you get as somebody that poor, you still got to buy all the books and all this stuff. And I'm like, there's just no way this is going to work. Um, But I always had this dream of like being the first one to go to college. But all this pressure is happening Um, halfway through my senior year of high school. My life's unraveling. And so this recruiter, military recruiter, showed up to our high school and did a demonstration. And when he was done, I walked up to him and I said, what do I do to sign up?
0: Now, what was what armed forces was this?
1: I uh, joined the United States Army.
0: Oh, wonderful. So, okay.
1: yeah, September after I graduated, I was on my first commercial flight to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and away we went wow. as an American soldier, and it was the best decision I ever made because oh, it sick. really helped me to grow up, find some structure, yes. um, have a little, have purpose. Uh, drill sergeants have a way of knocking the chip off of you. Uh, which I needed. I had a little bit of an attitude about me. (laughs) And so uh, it really helped me uh, grow up and become a man, uh, literally. And so it was a pivotal, very pivotal point in my life was going to the military and then transitioning from active duty to reserve and all that comes with those transitions. How long were you
0: in? um,
1: Combined eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Some reserve, some active.
0: Okay. So when you got, how were your parents, by the
1: way? When they're both deceased. Oh, I'm so
0: currently. sorry. Currently,
1: is that what you're asking?
0: Well, I was asking about when you were in the U.S. Army.
1: I mean, did you? Yeah, they were they, still were they... both alive at that point. Okay. Um, and to give you a little bit more of that, it was um, their their marriage was on again, off again. Um, again, good people, but when you're battling those kind of sicknesses, yes. a lot happens. You know, oh, yeah. uh, the stress. Them. Through medications right. and all the stuff that comes with it, so it was, it was there was a lot of dysfunction. Right. But as I was in the military at that time, my parents were split up, so there was that still kind of weighing on me. And thankfully, they did uh, they did restore their relationship uh, oh, wow. before they both they both died very young. But before they restored their relation uh, before they both passed, they did restore their relationship. That's amazing. Um, and part of, of that... what they've
0: been through. And, oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, nobody... Mental health, you know, and, and getting help back then, therapy, and, if, you know, for you and for your parents, just wasn't... It didn't exist. No.
1: No, it really Nobody didn't. talked
0: about it, but... It know, was very taboo. It was. Oh, you're crazy if you...
1: Yeah, I remember the, uh, the state pulling my brother and I into counseling. Oh, so we they went did. through counseling many times. There was this moment uh, in third grade where I was at the local welfare office here with my dad, and he was petitioning the state an additional time for assistance, specifically with food stamps, and I remember him getting denied again. And, you know, my Superman, I'm looking at my Superman crumble right in front of me, and it was me and him. I remember vividly how it smelled, how it looked, and I remember seeing him go from frustrated to depressed to angry in this office. And that's when... I can understand that. Oh, my gosh. It was... um, it was heart wrenching. Yeah. But that moment, like it stayed with me through my teenage years, early into my career. Uh, and it, I, I think when you go through any adversity, and, and maybe you're listening and you're like, you know, maybe you haven't gone through that level of right. adversity, but we all go through something. Right. And I really believe there's three things that can get you from where you are to where you're trying to go. One of those things is accountability. The oh, second blankets, thing is yes. continuous improvement. And the right. third thing is to engage your motivation. Because that adversity, like that story about the welfare office, it's like, is this going to be an anchor or is it going to be a propeller? Right. Uh, are we going to be a victim of our circumstance? Or are we going to let this serve us and teach us and be the thing that motivates us to go further? Right. And thankfully, uh, it motivated me to go further.
0: Say those three things again.
1: Accountability. Okay. Continuous improvement and engage your motivation. Over my span of uh, a 24 year career, now as an entrepreneur, you know, you get asked the question a lot like, how do you get from, how did you go from that life to where you are? And at some point you owe people an answer. And I think it's those three things. But
0: do you really owe people an answer? Because this was your journey. This was your life. This was your motivation that pushed you to be where you are today.
1: Well, when I say I think you owe people an answer, it's more about I'm big on um, success comes from getting around people that have been where you want to go. Right. And that's really the hallmark of my story, which is why I'm so passionate about leadership and now i'm in a place not that i've arrived and like i have the i have the world's biggest answers but i have something to give you and so do. i want to be very intentional about giving the formula or any type of advice that i can to help others get there as well which is why i started the company my company
0: right cuz people are still living like this there are people out there that are in poverty, And they don't have any money. And, you yeah. know, I mean, I had the same thing happen a single mom. And I was actually, we had food stamps as well. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, like, relate to you when you're talking about this. And you do wonder what motivated us to get where we are today.
1: It's amazing. Isn't it, it is amazing. So
0: tell us now, okay, so you got the forces. And you we were still doing the reserves, right? I was
1: still doing reserves. I was uh, on my way to uh, start college at a local university here, California Excellent. University. I was going to go on the GI Bill. Um, I was so stressed because I didn't know this process. Uh, My parents, despite their efforts to help me, they didn't have a lot of direction. Neither one of them ever had a career. They never went to college. We didn't know how any of this worked. You're
0: learning as you go. But
1: I'm moving forward. Like, we're doing this. I'm two weeks from starting, and I got the call from my dad that I had gotten so many times growing up, which was they're sending mom home in hospice. Here was the kicker of this call was they're sending mom home in hospice and I have to have my leg amputated. He had a severe infection running through his body from his foot. And so he couldn't take care of her. My brother's on in his career. I have flexibility. So I did what you would do and anybody listening would do. I put college on the back burner. I, I go back, and I, st- I get all the nursing set up and everything. And during that time, I didn't want to be an extra burden on my family. So I just went literally and picked up the local newspaper, and I was just looking for a job to get me from here to when I started back to school. All right. How old were you? At this point, I would have been 20 years old. Oh, okay. I would have been 20, 21 years old. Yeah. Here I am looking through the paper. I don't have a skill no skill i'm just a hard-working country boy i can work hard i grew up working and so i just need to find a job that create you know they need someone like with a strong back and a weak mind and i answered this (laughs) newspaper article for truck driver route delivery and i had the interview and the guy said this is one of the dirtiest jobs you're ever going to have oh my and i'm like i'm your guy like i this is me i'm a blue collar guy okay and so, September of 1996, uh, I was hired at Centos Corporation to be a fill-in truck driver. So, basically, when truck drivers would call off service reps, I would fill in on the route and run the routes for them. And what was uh, a part-time, what I thought was going to be a seasonal job, ended up being a 24-year career. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Did you move up in the ladder, or did you always Yeah.
1: I I was promoted 13 times. (laughs) That's
0: great.
1: I I never went back to college. I always said, you know what? Once I get this job figured out, I'll go back to college at night. A lot of
0: people say that.
1: And it's just every time I would be like ready to go back to college, I'd get promoted. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I can't I can't go now because I just got this new job and I got to perfect this job and I got to get good at it. And I thought I, would, I really wouldn't advance in the company because everybody kept telling me, you have to have a degree, you have to have a degree. And um, what I've come to learn is degrees are important, and yeah. I think uh, we should be educated. Right. However, there's something to be said about results, and there's something to be said about aptitude and knowledge and being able to perform. Um, I did it the hard way. Uh, you know, I, I was so driven to be the best so that I would make myself the obvious choice. And that's how I went from, you know, truck driver to outside sales to leadership and advanced leadership. That's and, incredible. Uh, yeah. And I would love to tell you it's because I'm amazing. Uh, you are amazing. I, you know, <laughs> I, I got to, you got to work hard. But the, the key was really the leaders that I had. Yeah. I had some amazing leaders that found that finesse of challenging leadership and inspirational leadership. That's all you need. And would, you know, push yeah. me and they pull out, you know, the best in me. Uh, they would teach me things that I didn't know. I mean, keep in mind, I get promoted into sales. It's a white collar job now. Okay. You're I wearing suits. Yeah. I don't even know how to dress. I had never owned a suit in my life. I never owned a tie. I surely don't know how to tie one. I don't know what collar stays are. I don't know that your shoes and belt should be the same color. I don't know none of this. Right. And I just had some great mentors. You know, I had a mentor that showed me how to do a Windsor knot.
0: Oh, um, I was like, what is that? You know, <laughs> and my tie.
1: And I remember going to Joseph to A. Bank and saying, you got to help me. I don't right. know what I'm doing. And so it was so intimidating. Now, where
0: were you living at this time?
1: I was living in Washington, Pennsylvania. Oh, you
0: were still, okay. Were yeah. you still living at home or were you? No,
1: like- no. At this point, I'm married. Uh, I got a, a baby on the way. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'm out here So just your
0: life is grinding. rolling. It's,
1: yeah. Your journey Oh, is- I mean, my first W2 was 22,000 and I had a brand new cherry red Chevy S10. <laughs> I mean, I had medical benefits in a 401k. That's I mean, right, I was ben. balling. Yeah, I was like, balling. I'm doing I this. thought I had arrived. Like, <laughs> here we are. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But now, you know, after you did that, how did you make the transition to try something new?
1: You know, as a truck driver, I, I worked hard. I won contests. You know, I was ranked well. But I always saw these guys running around the office, looked sharp, dressed Nice and drove nice cars, and I remember being inquisitive and saying, You know, what do these folks do? Who are these guys? These are outside salespeople. I'm like, Well, I could do that. You know, I started my first business when I was 16, I started a flea market company, and you know, so I always had this ability to communicate. And uh, so I'm like, I could easily do that. Well, I go to the interview to become an outside salesperson, and the first question that the uh, interviewer asked me was. Tell me the six steps of our sales process. And I'm like, oh, uh, man. Did you know? No clue. <laughs> in my mind, I'm saying to myself, this guy clearly doesn't know how amazing I am. I'm like, <laughs> I have the ability to communicate. Right. I have confidence. I have all of this. But here's what I learned in that moment was, you know, what got you here won't get you there. And there are things that you have to do to be intentional to grow in your career or in your life. And this was a lesson that this interview told me, which was, you're not getting this job. You're not even close. But here's some things that you need to do. And so I think, really, what we have to have the mindset of is, it's not if an opportunity comes. It's only when. And have we put ourselves in a state of readiness? Right. And I wasn't wasn't ready.
0: Yes.
1: I wasn't ready for that. Uh, I had the dream. I had the desire And, uh, you know, if if we were able to sit down with all of your listeners now and have coffee with them and say, hey, do you have a dream? The answer is yes. Yes, We all have a dream. We all have a dream.
0: We just don't know what it is. When we're, you know, going through the motions, and sometimes you do get into a job and you get into, not a rut, but you just, it's, you know, it's stable and you're happy and, you you know, you're living the life that you want to live. But then you're like, you need something to fulfill, like our needs or or trying to help other people. So that's why I feel like you just... You can tell you're a motivator, Man, even I, when you were younger. I'm passionate about it. You're passionate, it. and you just want to you want to keep going. Well, I tell the more. sad
1: story and also the story of success, not to be arrogant or not to have people feel bad, but they tell everybody that it's available for anybody.
0: Right. Anybody can achieve it. Anybody
1: can achieve it. And right. the dream's not the problem. Like, most people have it. But the problem is the people that only dream and don't do anything about it. Right. And well, why is that? Well, it's hard. Right. It's hard. Which comes to that first point is accountability.
0: Right.
1: You know, accountability means delivering on a promise that you made to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so why don't we do that? Well, because it's hard. And at some point as people that have a dream. We don't want to dream, fail. We don't, Yeah, we surely I mean, we don't want to fail. That was
0: my biggest thing. With
1: and, it. and you know the best way to never fail is to never play. Right. Just don't play. You can, you can leave this life with a perfect record of never losing. And here's the formula. Don't play the game. Right. Don't play the game. You never lose. But if you're going to be somebody that's accountable, it takes work. I always say that uh, as people, we're going, to, we're going to fall into one of four camps as individuals. And camp one is, I hope it doesn't come up. Camp two is, if it comes up, I'll wing it. Camp three is, if it comes up, I'm ready to talk about it. But then there's camp four. And camp four is, if it doesn't come up, I'm bringing it up. And if we and become camp four people, yeah. we have right. answers to problems. We have something to give. Right. But getting in, into camp four is hard. It's hard. And at some point, we have to ask ourselves, am I willing to give up what I want now for what I want most?
0: Right. And most
1: people aren't. That's the it's, hard It's part. hard.
0: So how did you get out of that corporate job? I mean, once you were starting to do it, was it sales? Is that what you were doing?
1: Yeah, so I was at Centos for 24 years. So service, sales, operations, global accounts, all of that. And uh, in 2019, I started the podcast at the prompting of a really good friend. I was doing some local leadership seminars here, and uh, they started getting some attention. People started attending them all just to help out so that's what you started leadership like yeah i would do seminars yeah there was like a quarterly who, who did you do that for well my my church uh was hosting a volunteer leadership seminar and the pastor of my church said hey would you would you uh be interested in teaching i mean this is what you do for your career yeah right and i'm like yeah, yeah. i would love to so i taught a couple of those the feedback was really really good and um then the conversation was, you should really start a podcast. People could really benefit from how you teach. Right. And I'm like, what's a podcast? Like, I, I a, <laughs> that's how I
0: went. Here's a fun
1: fact. <laughs> I had never even listened to a podcast right, episode neither. before I, I know, my right? own, Which that's, is nuts.
0: I, it is nuts. we got to get with the...
1: Uh... I know, right? I'm like <laughs> way behind on technology. So I start the podcast so, and the feedback started coming. And I just felt very, very fulfilled. And I really felt like, I think this is what I was born to do. And so I left behind the big golden parachute and the stock portfolio and jumped off the cliff. And you weren't
0: nervous if it was nervous? To
1: oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, this you were is, playing
0: the game. This That's is public knowledge at this right. point,
1: but it's kind of embarrassing. But to say I was nervous is an understatement. I've had uh, I've had a decent amount of success, um, but I still have a poverty mentality. I know, and I fight I it. Have that too. You know, I fight it. Um, so here I am thinking about quitting this amazing job. I'm on the cusp of the biggest promotion of my career. I'm probably going to retire in my projected at 52 years old. I'm going to be done. And I'm going to walk away from all of this. Where is your gratitude? Where is your loyalty? Have you lost your mind? This is the conversation in my mind. Right. I'm getting so stressed. Days are turning into weeks. Am I doing this? This is what you're called to do. No, you're dumb. No, I'm on a plane uh, coming back from a business trip from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We're not even at cruising altitude yet. This is all playing out in my mind. What if it fails? All of this stuff. I start getting nauseous. I mean, I when imagine. I say nauseous, I'm talking sweat. So you, now have a family. I'm thinking, you have a
0: family to support,
1: too. Oh, it's maddening. Right. I honestly thought I might be having a heart attack. and Panic attack. Oh, probably it important. was so bad. I didn't know if I was going to, like, throw up or what. But I knew I had to get to the bathroom because something bad was about to happen. Right. We're not even at cruising altitude. I'm in the aisle of the plane. I hear, uh, you know, this the the, the helper saying, get right. to your seat. Get to your seat. Oh, no. I'm just heading to the bathroom, and I didn't make it passed out in the owl, had a seizure. Oh, my gosh. And next thing I know, there's personnel around me. They got ice bags on me, and they're oh asking me, gosh. do we need to land the plane? I'm like, I, I feel actually really good. I feel so much better.
0: What? Wait a minute. You had a seizure, and you felt better? I mean, how long were you out?
1: Well, here, I was only out for like 10 to 15 seconds. Oh, thank God. But I had a seizure. They're telling me all this happened, and I'm like... I don't know what you all are talking about. Like, I thought I was going to get sick, but I'm just really hot. <laughs> like I'm burning <laughs> up. Like, so they have ice on me, and I'm like, no, don't land the plane. Like, honestly, I feel fine. So and anyway, I go to the doctor, and here my vagus nerve had just been overworked. What is that? It's like a major artery. Artery. And it's stress-induced.
0: In your brain.
1: It goes up there, yes. Okay. And it just was overworked, which caused the seizure and all this stuff. And basically, the doctor said, "Is there? are you under a significant amount of stress? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, you have no yes, idea. I am. <laughs> and that's when I made the decision, like, I got to make the leap. Oh, so, my
0: gosh. So that made you think, you know what? I'm doing this. I got to do this.
1: And keep in mind, I did that. I left in December of 2019, and COVID was just around the world. Oh, forward. yeah. Could
0: you imagine if if, you would have, if that would have happened on the
1: plane. Yeah, but here's the deal. If you're in Camp 4, when, when all hell breaks loose, you become very valuable because you have answers to big problems. Right. That's why we have to fight to get into Camp 4 because at some point in our lives, it goes beyond the trophies and, and the bank account and all of this, and it's about how can I serve people. Right. We can't serve people if we don't have something to give them. If somebody's laying lifeless on the floor and they need CPR and you don't know it, you could want to help them, but you can't because you're not equipped. We have to equip ourselves, and that's why point number two, continuous improvement, it has to happen. We have to decide, are we going to put in the time we need to to learn what we need to learn to get to where we want to go? When I was in that sales interview and he was like, do you know the six steps? Well, no, and I didn't get the job, and I didn't know what I was doing.
0: Yeah, but everything happens for a reason. And sure does. I, and I really believe in signs. Like, when I started my podcast, like I, I just knew like there were people out there that needed to talk about things that maybe you don't want to talk about, or maybe they're taboo, or, you know, we can't talk about mental health, we can't talk about suicide, we can't talk about... You know, divorce. I mean, things like that. I thought, you know what? Yes, we can. We need to talk about yes, it. Yes, we need to talk about it because it could help in other people. And I felt like that was my purpose. Yes. To send out that message. And your purpose was to say, you know what? I'm going for this. I want to do this podcast. I want to do leadership. I want to really help people.
1: Yeah. And businesses. And I think we have to have the mindset to push through that discomfort because, you know, thinking back through the childhood, thinking back through the military, thinking back through the different promotions and then starting a company, what I've learned is success comes with pressure right? and success comes with necessary change. And I had to get into a mindset after that plane event, uh, that airplane event that, am I going to keep thinking about what if it fails or am I going to, uh, am I going to do the funeral test, which is, Hey, if you're at your own funeral, are you happy with how your life? Ooh, that's out? a good one. I never heard that. And finally, I said to myself, I'm not leaving this world with regret. Yes. This thing may fail. And here was my big backup plan. I'll go get a job. Right. Like, there's that. And so I just had to settle with this. And once I made a decision... Then I went 100 miles an hour, you know, building our company and add, trying to add value. Once you start that leap, oh my god, it's like okay, you start running. we are like Forrest Gump. It's scary. <laughs> like a fear can be a great motivator. I mean, yeah, it should never it get to a place that you pass out on a plane. Like no. that's just ridiculous. No,
0: but that was a wake up call.
1: Oh my gosh, that was a yeah. wake
0: up call for you to oh say, my. just go for it, Jeff. <clears throat> yes, you look where you are today. Yes, you can do this.
1: Yes. And it taught me a lot, you know, and and so many different pivotal points in my life that taught me so much, uh, which is again why i'm so passionate about leadership, because leadership i 'm a product of great leadership, even even coaches that I had, I had a boxing trainer once, his name was Benny. Um, here I am, this punk kid. Uh, my uncle got me into boxing because I was always getting into trouble fighting and You're all like,
0: this. yeah, you might as well start boxing. You might as well put gloves you can make on some and do money. it legally, right?
1: <laughs> and I remember going in there the first time and uh, Benny could tell I had a chip on my shoulder and he gives me this 20-pound medicine ball and he's got this guy. The guy's name was John. He's like, John, I want you to drop this on Jeff's stomach 20 times. <laughs> Jeff, count out loud. I want to hear it. And so 18, 19, 20, I get up. like I'm some <laughs> this tough guy. And uh, Benny comes over, I'll never forget it, and he says, um, hey, what are you doing? I said, well, I did what you told me to do. You said, count out to 20. John dropped the ball. He's like, oh, my mistake, son. He said, I didn't want you to start counting until you started feeling pain. (gasps) He said, I want you to know something. You're either going to sweat in this gym or you're going to bleed in that ring. Oh, my God! Either way, he said, there's going to be pain. What do you choose? That has stuck with me to this day. Isn't it true? There's probably people listening right now (laughs) that have cried their last tear. Yeah. They know that pain. They know that pain? I knew that pain. Every hospital visit, Mm -hmm. every amputation, my mom having her stomach removed, my dad going through chemo. and, and, And listener, fill in your blank. You know what pain feels like. Right. You know what tears are. If there's going to be pain, why don't we win? Right. Why don't we take on the pain that will help us become camp four kind of people and win? Yeah. And then That's we just so engage that. We engage that motivation, which is the third point. You hear these stories of like these moms lifting cars off of their children. Oh,
0: listen. Yes, we get that adrenaline and we're like, you know, mummy muscles. I mean, watch out. (laughs) Look out. (laughs) Look out.
1: Something that would be like superhuman. Yeah, it is. They pull it off because why? They engage their motivation. Right.
0: And their mind is not, they don't care what's going on. Their
1: mind is set like, I'm going to help. That's powerful. Yeah. And if we can tap into that, that mentality of I'm not going back to the welfare office. My kids will wear Air Jordans when they play basketball. It's going to be different. You can put in longer days. You can give up what you want now for what you want most. I know right now you want to know uh, that your fantasy football team's going to win and that you make it to the bowling league and that you can throw a dart in the bullseye. I get all that. You want to be at the happy hours. And I'm not saying don't have fun, but are you willing to give up what you want now for what you want most? And when you truly engage your motivation – It's amazing what the human spirit can do.
0: Oh, so true, so true. Amazing. So, tell us more about your like. What is the name of? You're the founder of.
1: Jeff Hanser Enterprises. Very original name. uh, (laughs)
0: Since it's my name, right?
1: I didn't know what to call it. Write that down.
0: Write that down,
1: listener. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, they say done is better than perfect. You know, I sat and get to the point,
0: though. You're getting to the point. It's like Jeff Hanser Enterprises. I don't know. Is it going to be
1: like Diamond Enterprise? I don't even know. So we just named it Jeff Hancher Enterprises. So
0: where do you go, Jeff? Like, I mean, for instance, say there's a company out there, a business, and they're like, man, we need to motivate, you know, our employees. We need Mm -hmm. to find out why we're missing, like, the connection between, you know, we all feel like we're kind of like...
1: What is that, a mouse or mice on a... Yeah,
0: hamster on the wheel. Yes, hamster on the wheel. I'm saying a mouse, (laughs) mouse, mouse. Well, well,
1: you know what's funny is uh, a lot of people that uh, follow me on social media or the podcast or whatever it might be, they always ask me, are you a motivational speaker? I
0: felt like that's where you were (laughs) when I first met you. Well,
1: I do like to be very inspirational, but the heart of what our company does is uh, we're business consultants. And so we help primarily with leadership development, succession planning, performance management, and we, do, we spend a lot of time with uh, sales strategies, sales training, B2B sales.
0: What kind of jobs would this be?
1: Oh, I mean, it runs the gamut. Um, it, it, there's no industry that's excused from these things. Two things really drive companies, and leadership and growth. You know, these are two things that every company typically should desire, is strong leaders and grow the company. Right. Well, you have leadership and sales. And so that's where we put a lot of our attention is building out those uh, strategies.
0: Okay. Do you see like a lack in businesses of the connection or is there something that you feel like passionate about and that's why you started this?
1: There, there's a bigger need than I even knew about, honestly. Um, I think when you get to Camp 4, you just assume everybody's there and you realize really quickly everybody's not it's like going up to an amazing athlete. You had Sean Casey and Merle Hodge on your show. Right. Like if you were to go up and say, man, how do you run the ball like that? They're like, I don't know. I just do it. Right. They just make it look easy. Well, not everybody can run the ball like that or hit the ball like that. Right. They've put in a lot of time. But we, we kind of take that skill for granted. And when I left this corporate world and I got out there, in my mind I was like, who's going to want to hear what I have to say? And the reality was is that there's a lot broken out there. And it's not intentional. Uh, A lot of people, especially small businesses, are trying really, really hard. They have a good product. They have a good service. But they don't know how to bridge the gap. And so where I see the biggest opportunities in leadership is probably number one is performance management followed by emotional intelligence. You know, performance management is like the ability to set clear expectations, give proper feedback, and hold people accountable. And uh, we do tons of workshops around those to help leaders get confident with oh, those things. Wow.
0: Workshops. Okay. So where would they find this?
1: I mean, you can find all that on the website jeffhancher dot com. Uh, okay. We're doing workshops now almost on a quarterly basis that anybody could come into, but the majority of our work is inside the businesses. We come oh, really? in and, okay. and do them for leadership. And teams. is this
0: just in the Pittsburgh area, or do you guys travel?
1: We travel all over. Uh, do you yeah, all over okay. the country? We're heading to Dubai in January, so we're taking a, we're taking the show on the road. What? Yeah, this is
0: big time! We're pumped. We're Look pumped. At you guys, we're excited. I'm just so thrilled to even be on. <laughs> hey,
1: I'm <laughs> so thrilled to be on your show.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I the the stuff that you're doing and what you're motivating me to become. Come on, Jen, just take that next step. You'll be okay. Like, I'm cheering
1: loudly for you.
0: Oh, uh, and it is. You know, as. You and I'm thinking I'm 50 years old and now I'm finally like living my
1: dream. Your best days are ahead of you. I
0: know, and I'm like, okay, I can't stop now. I mean, there are hurdles. You know, sometimes I feel like, oh, my kids are. I'm on my phone more than they are. You know, social media. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, mom. All you talk about is your podcast. So I, yeah, I have to find that happy medium. Sure. Like, how did you find that?
1: The the balance.
0: Yeah, the I balance.
1: Know. Man, it's it's a it's a facade. If I can be very <laughs> frank. Oh, man. I think, the, uh, I think for me, my best advice on that is to be in the moment. There's no...
0: There's no guarantee. I don't know what's no, going to happen tomorrow.
1: No. Be in the moment.
0: I know. And I do live day by day. My husband's the opposite. He lives like, okay, next year at this time, we're going to be... I'm like, I can't even think about that. I need to think about day by
1: day. Yeah. Be in the moment. When you're working, do great at it. When you're with your family or socializing, be great at that. Uh, There's no start time, stop time, especially as an entrepreneur. You just, you be in the moment. If you're in the office, try not to think too much about what you're missing. When you're with your family, try not to think too much about work. Be in the moment and be the best you can be in the moment. That's my best advice I can give.
0: Yeah, that's, see, that's wonderful.
1: Sometimes you put in long days.
0: You do. And you don't, like, the time goes so fast. Before I knew it, I was... Like working and doing some editing, I was like, Oh my goodness, like it's already like 11 o'clock, oh, yeah. and I didn't walk the dogs. And then you're just, I feel like my shoulders, <sighs> like, you know, thank God I work for a chiropractor. <laughs> uh,
1: it's fulfilling though, yeah. and uh, you're doing, you're, you know, you heard this saying, there's the two most critical days of your life is the day you were born and the day you realize what you were here to do. And maybe you're listening and you're like, I don't even know what those things are. The best way to get to where you're called to be is be great at what you're doing now. Because when you're great at what you're doing now, it usually opens up doors to take you to your calling. Right. And so, whether you're 50 or 47 like me, or you're...
0: Oh, did you hear that, Brad? Like, you
1: know, he had to put that in there. Well, I'm saying, we're both... <laughs> He's uh, a baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm a
0: baby. <laughs> three,
1: three years. I'm right with you. I am right with you. <laughs> when you hit 50, it's like...
0: That's a different. Just a it's just, just number. a number. It's just a
1: number. It's just a number. But listen, I hope um, I hope if you're listening that you send this this episode to maybe a teenager that's going through it. Right. And, they can um, learn from us. Let them know that there's a guy out there that came through it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they can too. Right. I love it. I mean, I thank you so much. What you're in, helping other people. It just it inspires me to give back and sure. be that person. I don't want to wake up and say, me, me, me. It's all about me, me, me. No, it's also about other people. Yeah. trying to help other people. Because I, I have that, like, I watch the news and something happens. I want to help everybody. Yeah. I don't have the means to help everybody, but I have that attitude and it stresses me out because I'm like oh if I could do something if I could help someone you know and you're doing it though
1: So are you. We'll do it
0: together. Okay. Let's shrink on that. (laughs) Sounds good. I love it. Well, thank you so much for letting me use your studio. Of course. Good to have you. Yes, I appreciate it. And thank you, Brad, for helping us. He's here. I don't know if you can see him, but he's here. He's he's behind the scenes.
1: He's felt. Not seen. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's helping with the technology.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) But I thank you so much for being on my podcast. Spill with me, Jenny D.,
1: Yes, thank you so much, Jenny, and thank you, listener. If I can serve you at all as a listener in any way. Yes, give them
0: your website one more time.
1: It's uh, jeffhancher.com, so it's Jeff Hancher, like Jolly Rancher, but it's with an H. Nice. Jeffhancher.com.
0: Is that the best way to get a hold of you? That's the
1: best way. Socials okay. under Jeff Hancher, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. The podcast is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher episode. What is that on what uh, every 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 Spotify, Spotify Anchor, Apple, I nice. all of it it's out there. So
0: well, look at Google you. Play,
1: you can find me out there and I'd love to be a part of your journey. Yes,
0: you're fancy. You're fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. This was Spill With Me, Jenny D. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill With Me, Jenny D. You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website, so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel to heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny D.